I'm Anna Webb. This is A Dog's Life. you're a rehome, which means that you've adapted to a new home with me, which I think you think is pretty good. But that's why you're keen to chat to our guests today on Zoom. We're joined by Ira Moss from All Dogs Matter, a major London rescue. And we're going to be talking about how the pandemic has affected rescue and welfare in London. Hi, Ira. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Thank you. Nice. Thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, you're the general manager of the charity that's London-based called All Dogs Matter. Uh That's correct. I remember not long before lockdown, okay, attending your amazing 10th anniversary party just off Tottenham Court Road with lots of case studies of owners that have loved rehoming from All Dogs Matter and your volunteers and, you know, your vet staff and and all the rest. And it was a a wonderful evening, right? And who knew that literally, I think about four months later, we'd Uh, all be in lockdown. (laughs) I think that was the last party I went to was our uh, 10th year anniversary and thank goodness we managed to squeeze that one in who was who to know and in a way you know it's kind of marked the beginning of your second decade yeah. in rescue with quite a different vista ahead might you say in terms of dogs yeah well we were get, we were actually talking about one of the subjects we were talking about at that event was and the fundraising we did was to bring dogs because we'd started well we've been bringing dogs in from China from meat farms for the last couple of years but we were planning on um, doing a bigger trip out there to bring some more dogs in and fundraise that event to get some more in. And um, little did we know, well, we did know because in February we started getting, speaking to the groups in China saying, oh, we, we're close for the moment because there's this sort of um, infection out here. We're not sure what it is. We're sure it'll be fine in a few weeks. So um, yeah, little did we know what was happening. So that was the start of that chapter. Um, and then things took a different turn, turn here in the UK with, with, with lockdown. Um, well, it certainly did. I mean, puppies seem to be this hot thing that, oh. you know, everyone found themselves at home, you know, not exactly twiddling their thumbs, but, yeah. you know, feeling quite lonely, perhaps needing entertainment for the children in the home and looking at social media, seeing people's allegedly perfect lives with their dogs all on social media. And, and it seemed that you weren't in with the in crowd almost unless you had a puppy, you know? Yes, yes. And I think people thought, you know, they weren't allowed out of the house. If they had a dog, they had an excuse to go out. And um, who would have who would have thought that a year later, I think we've now, I think officially a, mil- a million more dogs have been sold or bought or purchased whatever way or rehomed in the UK than pre-lockdown. So sadly, and some people think, oh, that's great news because there aren't dogs in rescue centres, but actually um, it's the contrary, um, that it's just driven up online sales of dogs. Um, and even if you just want to get an appointment at the vet, you know, try getting an appointment these days at a vet, it's almost impossible. Yeah, you know? no, I know. I mean, my own dog, Prudence. And the, yeah. And, and, 
apart from that, the prices, mm. it's it's criminal, the price of a dog. So pre-lockdown, the, the, the average price of a dog would have been 500, say a thousand pounds. And and the Frenchies and the Bulldogs that were always the most expensive were maybe two and a half thousand. But now your little average cockapoo is five thousand pounds. And that's a crossbreed at the end of the day. So dogs, we've seen dogs advertised online. I've seen Frenchies advertised in in East London on estates for £10,000, lilac Frenchies for £10,000. I, I just couldn't believe it. It's just it is. Criminal. No, it's ridiculous. And I suppose, you know, economists might say, you know, well, it's all about supply and demand. But what it's fueled, I think, to be honest, is, as you said, like this massive rise in the unscrupulous, the, the breeders that are literally just doing it for money, you know, the, the big evil of puppy farming. Of course, the internet isn't helping because, you know, we're so used to buying everything now, particularly, you know, online. Well, yeah, you can order anything on Amazon online and it's almost the same with a dog you could order a dog see it advertised and probably within an hour or two if you're prepared to pay that you know two thousand pounds plus it will be delivered to you within a couple of yeah, hours and that this is you know our one click society and you should never consider buying a dog like that i mean a dog is not no. a hoover at the end of the day you know but i think you know it's been this massive wave might you say perhaps over the last decade or so that we do have this one click society we are a very disposable yeah. society with everything now and of course dogs have become a victim i feel that dogs have just become such a victim of this must-have-it-now society. Yeah, yeah. And we've actually, this week, I'm not sure if it's coincidental because it's a bank holiday weekend, there's been very few dogs coming, despite what the press has been saying, all these abandoned puppies or dogs everywhere. It's actually not true. There's no evidence of that. Um, and we haven't seen it Um and we're in London and we're on the sort of the end of the phone and we've been open right through lockdown. Um, and there probably are. Yes, I'm sure there are loads of dogs because it can't be that those million people that have bought a dog, it's worked out for everyone. So statistically, some a lot of them are going to need rehoming. But because people have paid so much money for them, they don't want to hand them into rescues. So they're reselling them reselling them on so that they can get at least half their money back half the money can still be two and a half thousand pounds so we think that those dogs will start coming in when they're when they're on their second or third home and they've got severe behavioral or medical um conditions which people aren't prepared or didn't realize they'd have to pay for so this week we actually started seeing a few more dogs um coming in um a lot of them Frenchies, you know, uh, we are seeing Frenchies coming in with various medical conditions, not just breathing or all sorts of things. Um, so we're now starting to see, or is this the start of the, you know, the, the, the rise of dogs that will come into to charities? And of course, if they do come into charities, at least, you know, they can get rehomed properly. They've got a chance. But if you're selling them online, you just don't know who you're giving them to. And a lot of people are picking them up online and reselling them on because again they're so you know the dogs have become a commodity they are a commodity they really are you know the pound hound is the you know is one of the success stories if you like of of lockdown i think the biggest retailer you know we all know the one they boasted profits of in three months of over seven million at the beginning of this year you know so yeah all this stuff kind of a trick sometimes i think into buying for your dog you know dogs don't really need that much they need certain things like a bed a bowl they and need they stability. need stability and, exactly and the, the other thing we get that, that a lot of people don't realize is we're also getting calls from people that the problem dogs we've had a, an increase there's not as many staffies around as there used to be which was the problem say 10 12 years ago but we've had a lot of calls of people that have picked up american bulldogs and cane corsos and your typical call will be oh 
I wonder if you can help me. I got a dog online uh, two days ago and it's not getting on. I live in a flat and it's not getting on with my two year old. And when you ask what that dog is and it's an American bulldog, that it's really, it really worries me and, and, and worry, you know, scares me that someone could just go online, pick up a dog that has potentially got, and these people are saying you can't get near it. It's too dangerous to go near. And that anyone can just go online, bring a dog home without any vetting, without any questions with a two-year-old in a flat. That is potentially so dangerous. And that's that's just going on without any control. You know, you might as well, in some degrees, just give someone a gun because, you know, a, 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 you know, an, a, an adult American bulldog with no socialization that you bring into your home with a child can be potentially really, really dangerous. I'm sure there's lots that are lovely, but, and any dog can bite, as we know, Anna, a poodle can bite, but, you know, the, 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 the bite, the, the, the jaw on an, on an American bulldog or a cane corso is a totally different thing. No, I quite thing. agree. But you see, that leads me to another question to ask you, Ira. You've been in rescue now for over 20 years. Mm. In that time, would you say that people have got a lesser understanding of what a dog is and, and what you have to do to fulfil your dog's needs? And also a, a sprinkling of common sense, you know. I mean, for me, an American bulldog shouldn't be living in a flat, potentially without out a garden with potentially a first-time dog owner with a two-year-old child no no and we've had several of those calls um you know someone rang up the other day quite a nice guy he said he bought one he was trying to help someone out and I said did you get a trainer because most people don't want to pay for a trainer. people that got dogs online at the randomly are probably going to be a bit more irresponsible because they haven't researched things so they don't want to then pay for trainers but this one guy who was very nice did get a trainer and he said the trainer had to come in in a, a padded suit to get anywhere near the dog this was an experienced trainer he had to put on a padded suit to get anywhere near this dog I don't know what happened in the end because he didn't call back but that is a potential time bomb and we're allowing this to go on on online on the internet and then you'll see a story in the press like there was recently that a poor woman that got attacked in the back of her garden you know you don't know how long those two dogs had been at the property next door, apparently jumped over the fence and she got mauled to death. Um, no, it, it's, and it's really, really... There's no policing. It's so scary. Mm, 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 no. The other thing we've seen are lots of groups online who are sort of saying they're, they're Facebook groups who are lost and found groups and they're saying, oh, we'll come and get your dog, we'll pick your dog up. And, you know, again, anyone composes a rescue and just say, oh, we'll deal with it. And, and they have no experience, you know, dealing with dogs is quite a tricky expensive and can be dangerous business I'm not saying business as in I mean commercially as a charity but you know it, it's it's quite a tricky thing to handle and this really needs to be governed you know apart from the whole puppy farm thing which is a, it's a separate issue of you know legally but but the, the dangers of of picking dogs up online and people just thinking, oh, it'll be fine with me. I've had, I've owned a dog before. You know, it's a whole different ball game. Well, it really is, and you know, I think it all boils down to as well. People don't understand the commitment that a dog is. You know, no dog is born trained, whether it's a Yorkshire Terrier or a Great Dane, and the time yeah. and the energy and the patience that has to go into creating boundaries and socializing dogs is always underestimated I think to be honest and um yeah and even with cockapoos for example yeah I've seen a lot of cockapoos and I have to say some of them their <laughs> their anxiety yeah. is 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 something quite strange and I know I'm not the only behavior head person who's mentioned this and something in the crossing no. between a poodle and a cocker spaniel 
has exactly uh, so they could be a bit neurotic on the neuro absolutely i've seen them those that are bitten and these are dogs that look like teddy bears and are being sold you know because they look like teddy bears but they're a very highly tuned working gun dog actually and they need a lot of mental stimulation but and if you don't know how to mentally stimulate your dog because you think it's just going to sit in its basket all day and look pretty and interact with you when you've got the time that's not how it's going to work but it's also this fashion isn't it and and the status symbol even down to a chihuahua in a bag says something yeah. about you and who you are and your life values or whether you have a big american bulldog at the end of the lead so dogs have sort of become this and this must have accessory yeah it's an accessory it's become the latest thing to have you know people haven't been spending money on certain things so it's like literally if you go i'm in north london and you know if i go on Hampstead teeth or highgate woods there are just puppies everyone has got a dog literally it's it there's dogs everywhere and what's the environmental impact on that what about the amount of feces i know that sounds a bit strange, no i'll but, tell you you know the whole we, we we took a dog in over the weekend that came in um, a dachshund that, that arrived with us last week and got really poorly over the weekend and needed an emergency vet. We couldn't get, we did in the end, but trying to get an emergency appointment, of course, it always happens in the bank holiday, just trying to get an emergency vet. I know the low cost vets are having to change their policies because people are turning up with dogs that they've obviously paid thousands of pounds for and, and don't want to pay for vaccinations. You know, they're, you know, they're saying they can't afford it. And, and those low cost vets have had to change their policies because it's like, if you can afford to buy a 5,000 pounds puppy, you can afford to pay for the vaccination. So there's, there's so many social issues around these dogs and what is going to happen in a year's time, where are all these dogs going to go? I'm sure heart, I'm sure a lot of them will go to nice homes and they'll, you know, statistically they'll, they'll have nice homes, but even if it's in a quarter of these dogs, there's still a lot of dogs. And rescues have become almost like a dumping ground. The, the only Most of the dogs that have been coming into rescue are dogs that can't be sold online. They're either too dangerous or they've got medical uh, issues. So most people, when they ring up and they say they want to give us a dog, will we'll now say, oh, have you tried to rehome that dog privately? And they go, oh, yeah, but... Um, no one wanted it because it wasn't, you know, in their innocence, they go, oh yeah, but no one wanted it because it tried to bite them or they couldn't get near it. Or so they want you as a charity to take the dog in and deal with that problem. We're a last resort. So they'll try and sell it first to get some money and then they'll come to a charity. Yeah, it's so sad. And then you've got the responsibility of finding a suitable home for that dog that does have issues and it needs the right type of person to, you know, work with those issues. And you, you can, you know, so you know rehabilitate and it's a rewarding to do so but most people I would say don't have the skill set to do that you know so it's yeah, more difficult we, we can we can monitor it we can monitor we can say no to people so we wouldn't send that dog with a bite history to a family or or, a, or someone in a flat with young children we can say no we can control that we may have people on Facebook having a go at us for not allowing that person to have a dog because that's the other problem everyone's got an opinion now on social media mm. but we can control that but on if you go on these free sites online and particularly the latest one I'm not sure if I'm even allowed to say their name um there's no there's no control it's all about the pound it's all about the pound hound at the moment and and, and getting and, one you know people are like well, maybe say well all dogs matter didn't want to rehome me a dog um but I still think I should have a dog because it's my right to have a dog well, Everyone, everyone at the moment feel everyone at the moment is entitled is kind of the word of the moment and if you say no they take that as a person not everyone there's some lovely people people that rehome are lovely um but people will take that personally and um 
And I, I do get it because there's been lots of stuff in the press about all these do dogs everywhere and all those hundreds of dogs. And then people get really excited. They ring up and they think they're trying to help by rehoming a dog and taking a dog in. And then they're told, well, actually, we haven't got that dog. And they think that you're it's personal against them and it's it's not. So for, I mean, the pluses are that for each dog we get in, um, if we put a dog up online, we'll have 10 applications within an hour for that one dog. So statistically, we can find a home for those dogs that years ago we may not have, we would have been a lot harder, even old dogs, people are willing to take them on. A lot more people do want to rescue. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, it's been a whole game changer, the whole... The whole lockdown mm. thing has really been a game And, and game it will, changer. you know, change the next decade in rescue. But, you know, it doesn't deter from the fact that certain breeds are popularised, aren't they, by celebrities, not least flat-faced breeds like Frenchies at the moment. You know, Lady Gaga's French. I mean, the story about Lady yeah. Gaga's Frenchies, you know, only in America. Yeah. But, you know, a dog walker being shot twice in the chest. Oh, I mean, God. what is going on? You know, it's kind of this craziness. And people think, oh, yes, I'll take on a Frenchie. You know, it's low maintenance. They don't need that much exercise. You know, they don't realise that they don't need much exercise because on the whole, they can't really breathe very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's not only that. We had one in that came in about a month ago and we took him. I knew there'd be a problem with him. In fact, he was from your neck of the woods, oh. Anna. And uh, a little a little uh, fawn coloured male Frenchie, two years old. And I thought, mm, strange. The owners said, oh, we, m m just so you know, uh, or some listeners know, the, the most common excuse we get these days when someone wants to rehome his dog, oh, we're moving tomorrow, we can't take the dog. So you think you'd know when you're moving and you can't take the dog. But we, the normal call we get is, we're moving tomorrow, we can't take the dog, can you take it? So we got a call about this little Frenchie uh, that we, we took in because I was worried about what would happen to him. Um, and he came in literally pouring blood out of his um, sort of the backside of oh, him. No. Um, and he went to the vet straight away. He's been x-rayed. We couldn't find anything stuck in his, no blockages. Um, we've been, we've put him, he's now on steroids. He's had all sorts of antibiotics and things and, and been on a drip. Um, and sadly, he's losing more and more weight. He came in at 12 kilos. He's now gone down to 8.5 kilos. Um, and, and vets, the, he just can't digest anything we we think there's a pancreatic he's probably got lymphoma and we're probably sadly he's in a lovely foster home it's going to be devastating for the fosters the owners when I asked them had he seen a vet they said oh no no he's fine he's quite healthy they hadn't taken him to a vet for two years and this could have been nipped in the bud yes I understand it's expensive um but had he seen a vet even a year ago we could have possibly nipped this in the bud um and we're sadly probably going to have to let him, he's a lovely little boy and we're probably gonna have to let him go next week fun enough his breathing is okay the breathing with him is fine but it's his um, digestion. He can't, he just can't digest food. Everything is just literally coming out of him. And we're probably going to have to let him go next week. And, you week, know, he's that's so, so sad. sad. And he's probably a victim of, a, you know, an unscrupulous breeder that, you know, doesn't oh, health God, yeah. test, doesn't care. You know, he was probably raised in far from good environment. And, you know, I feel so sad about that. But Frenchies yeah. are that that breed. They were voted Britain's number one dog, weren't they, a couple of years ago. They knocked the Labrador off its pole position for the first time in in decades you know it was and that's all being created really by this celebrity endorsement and you know insurance firms using 
Frenchies because they are very appealing. They've got a human like yeah, they look yeah, cute. they look yeah, cute. They, they look, look like a little human. But they are a bull breed. People exactly. forget we had another one in yesterday. I took it for a walk and it was highly dog aggressive. And they're they're they strong. Are. They're little muscle houses exactly. You know, and they are a bull breed. You know, at the end of the day, and they have to be socialised. And um, it, it just it, it it mystifies me that someone can pay five thousand pounds or even two and a half thousand pounds for a dog but then not take it to the vet when it gets when it gets ill it's just bizarre mm, mm. you know it just i find it really upsetting mm. but it happens all the time yeah yeah well yes and then you know in terms of fashions as well we're seeing again trends coming over perhaps from america like ear cropping is something that suddenly yeah. emerged through the lockdown phase and again that's because obviously social media being global you've got people wanting a doberman now with the pointy ear i think that's a certain type though i mean we're not seeing as much of that we, we've seen a little bit because most of those dogs come in from eastern europe so they're not born obviously a vet here you wouldn't get many vets with crop ears well it's illegal isn't it i mean we banned cropping you know years before i think it's still still and i think the average person yeah i think the average person here that wants a dog does want to go for that cute kind of look i've seen a couple of crop dog ears and of course we're totally anti it but i think it's a certain type that wants that sort of dog most people here want that frenchy or cockapoo look that looks cute and you know i i think the crop deer look is more of a kind of guard you know, for a, a different image and it looks a bit scarier, even if they're not. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the cropped ear, though, back in the 50s, certainly in, in America, because I don't think we've allowed cropping in the UK ever actually but it was something that right. started in America because you know with Great Danes and that sort of glamorous era in the 50s you know lovely models and they've got their elegant Great Danes yeah. with the cropped ear scary maybe but I think it was also done for you know an aesthetic point of view to make them look a little bit more striking or whatever so I mean we've now got campaigns to end ear cropping going on there's been a lot of lobbying hasn't there this year and huge changes happening in you know just a year which is no time helping animals to you know maybe help stop all of this because something I want to ask you actually Iris with pet theft obviously that's soaring because of what we've just been saying you know there's such a demand and people want to earn their easy five grand you nick a cockapoo and in a week you could earn Mm. a nice easy five thousand pounds so it's like um, a high reward low penalty low risk crime pet theft but until a dog's status right in a court of law is changed from being a chattel to say a sentient being do you think there's hope even for the new animal welfare in bracket sentencing bill which has now passed through parliament landmark moment you know that only happened last thursday do you think you know we're going to see change if your dog is stolen and it is chipped to you and you can prove it's been stolen from your back garden whatever the police will it is it is theft and the police will act on that i think I think dog theft is now recognised. Yeah, but only 1% of these reports get followed through. And even if they do, it's a maximum six months in prison or because yeah. a dog is still considered as a bicycle. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and in a court of law, I just feel that would always be the stumbling block if you had a good lawyer behind you. Well, they, they may, with, with what's happened during lockdown, I mean, obviously courts are so behind, it might take a while. But, you know, look, microchipping was all the big thing. When, when did microchipping come in? In 2016, everyone thought, oh, my God, let's get our dogs chipped and we had a sudden surge pre-microchipping that people that owned dogs that weren't chipped abandoned them because they didn't want their responsibility and actually nothing has changed a a microchip is only as good as a responsible owner Um, and, and I think that what a lot of people don't realize out there is when dogs 
a lot of people are buying dogs online sort of secondhand and they don't realize that they have to update microchip details. I think a lot more groundwork needs to be done on that because the problem will be if we get a dog in and someone says, that's my dog and it's not chipped to them, we could argue and say, well, how do we know that's your dog? You could have stolen it, you know. So I know we're skipping the point slightly, but I think if a dog, yes, I think sentencing should go up. And I think that if you see, if, if, if someone is, is, is breeding dogs and they put an advert on Gumtree or Pets for Homes or whatever saying, I've got a litter of 10 dogs here, come and see them. You're kind of opening yourself up to a degree to have them stolen. But I, I, I just think that, you know, the law is so behind in, in dealing with stuff that that's going to take a long time. However, yes, of, of, of course, um, I, you know, we'd like to see that dogs that are genuinely stolen from someone walking their dog in the park and knocked over, of, of course, um, that should be um, dealt with the same way as not, it shouldn't be dealt with as if it's a car. No, no, but it's a holistic. It's a violation. It's a violation. And as you, you know, someone that's owned a dog, as you know, we, we've all, we all do, or most people will be listening. That is your worst nightmare. It's like taking your child away. It's, it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's horrendous. Um, and I think up to now, I think, you know, there's so much more. And a lot of these, a lot of people that are first time dog owners don't quite realize how dangerous it's out there. You'll see them with their little cockapoos, as you say, running around everywhere off lead and they just let them run off and they've got no clue of really what's going on out there. People need to be really vigilant. We still get so many dogs that come into us and they're not chipped. So the owners are looking for them, but it takes them double the amount of time to find mm-hmm. them because they're not registered. To yeah, them. exactly. And if they're neat on the way and then, you know, microchips can be changed. I mean, the whole thing, but you yeah. know, it's a holistic picture, this, I think. I mean, I think there's education for people to learn what a dog is and what the daily commitment it is. Come rain or snow or, you know, yeah. you're out there with, you know, there's all of that aspect, but then where microchipping is concerned, for me, it kind of falls over because there's so many databases. And yeah, and where confusing. it also falls over, of course, is in the vet surgery, because vets aren't obliged to scan no. for a chip. Also, no, chips no, migrate. No. There needs to be a lot more work done. And we, we're almost sort of anti-campaigning at the moment we almost don't want people to have dogs it's kind of gone the opposite we're like saying to people please don't get a dog really think yeah. about it it's not all it's made out to be it's fantastic the rewards can be fantastic but don't think you have to have a dog it's hard work please don't just get a dog you know no, exactly exactly you know the rewards are there but yes you know I mean dogs do bring us so much but to say they're not stressful and that they make your life stress-free is rubbish <laughs> you yeah know, yeah exactly you know they're, exactly. they're really stressful you know they're off their food for a day and you know and all the rest of it if you want to go on holiday you exactly. know forget all that exactly you know and it's, it's exactly but they bring routine and structure to your life and to be fair I mean I would never be without you know my furry no. furry family as I call it you know no, but but no. you know cats are great you know I think I, I sometimes say to people as I talk through dog ownership with people and breeds and suggest things, rescues. But, you know, I always say, have you thought about a cat? You know, and cats make yeah, yeah, great yeah, totally. companions. Well, even, cat, even cat rehoming's gone up. There's, there's even a shortage of cats now. And the average price of a cat that apparently used to be £100 is now three to £600. So even cats have gone up. Right, you yeah, know. yeah, well, I shouldn't giggle. I mean, I've got a cat and I absolutely adore him. He's absolutely fabulous. And I never thought a cat would um, enrich my life as much as it does. You know, I used to say, you know, 
know, why get a cat when you could have a dog? Because you can't take a cat with you anywhere. That's the thing. So, but they are also much yeah. more independent. So if you are going back to work, if you're taking on a cat through lockdown, you're not going to have the worries of separation anxiety and who's going to look after no. the dog when I'm back in the office. And, and that's going to lead to more dogs being sold online and the whole vicious circle keeps spinning. But Ira, my God, it must have been hard being a charity. <laughs> Keep going in these times because normally on an average year, we'd see each other loads at dog shows. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm proud to say I often judge at your events and absolutely yes. love it. Yes. And there's been none of that. Yeah, it's it's been a very strange year. I mean, our supporters have been amazing. It has been tough. Um, we've been quite lucky about doing stuff online. We've taken where we've had spaces at kennels. We've been taking greyhounds in. Um, and also, I, I don't know where rescue is going to go. What is the future of rescues? And when I say rescues, I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking generally because if there aren't the dogs coming in because we've become a nation of just buying and selling dogs online, what is the future of rescues? You can't survive and taking on all the problem dogs because you've got less fun, funds coming in and you've got dogs coming in with more aggression or more medical bills. You know, what is our future? Um, so I think that's something we'll, we, we'll sort of, discuss or talk about in the next three months depending on what happens and when I say us I say maybe some of the other charities you know charities like the, the larger charities uh, the household names if they if their capacity is 100 kennels and they've only got six dogs in there how do you you know you've got all your staff and all the overheads where is the, the place will it all be narrowed down to just one big charity I, I don't Gosh. know so that's a whole separate ball game that we probably have to speak about that's again. extraordinary to even have to say something like that I mean you know because you know my dad was the secretary of the Shropshire branch of the RSPCA when I was mm. really young and that's when I learned about awful animal cruelty and neglect and really where the whole journey began really and we always rest you know rescue is you know the new breed I do believe all of that people do want to rescue they, they really want to it's just that they're not coming through because they they're they're when people want to read most people that ring up it's interesting say well I rescued a dog but I can't keep it and when I say what do you mean you rescued it from a rescue oh no 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 it was someone that didn't want it so so people do think that when they get a dog online they're rescuing it or when they get it from pets for homes they're rescuing it from that puppy farm because what would have happened to it so I just don't know if that marketplace if you like if you want to call it that has changed is it the end of you know everything runs in eras doesn't it or decades and and are we coming to the end? Not because there's not the need. There's the need for rescue, but rescues can't survive on too many problems because it costs more money, you know, and it, even without dogs coming in, you still have to pay. You know, we've been saved, thank goodness, with um, fur the furlough scheme has helped massively, mm. um, you know, with staff. But, you know, it, it's it's people don't think of the the costs behind the scenes as well even if you're empty you've still got your overheads of course of course but what have you got coming up so I know I'm judging I'm at a really fun competition in a couple of weeks isn't it the art competition sketch yes that's the etchy sketch um which should be fun we're also doing we've just launched challenge um team team the team mini poor challenge so we're looking for kids of 12 plus or as long as their parents give permission to do their own fundraising events, which could be bike rides, dog walks, cleaning cars. So that's something we've just launched. Um, and we're hoping, Anna, your, your and my favourite, to hopefully in September we'll be able to do uh, the Victoria Park Dog I Show. I can't wait. Um, I love that event. Yes, we just hope that we're not going to pre-book, but we hope that will be the first show that we've done in, gosh, it'll be two years. And nearly. it's a great park. I mean, Victoria Park, I love it. Oh, you know, I love it. It really park. is. I mean, we're so lucky in London to have the Royal Parks and it's so elegant 
and 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 it just yeah. is a super backdrop for you know dogs oh, come from afar judging dogs yeah. are, they're not just hackney hounds i mean a lot of no, are, but they no. come from quite afar to come over far and yeah wide. so and that's great and it's fun you know to end so you've got a chance of winning a rosette and obviously all the proceeds go to all dogs matter and there's retail therapy and that's i think you know and just to see humans just to see your old friends because all these people you see at dog shows that you take for granted you see three times a year you realize you haven't seen them and you miss them and you know they're all part of of the the charity or or you know or, or whatever it's everyone it's a collective it's not just us it we we or and all the other charities couldn't carry on without the support of those you know those people and you know we miss everyone and we really look forward to seeing everyone again in the flesh rather than just on on I know and for the dogs it's going to be so much better I mean it's going to prove yeah. challenging for many we dogs. think we'll be cockapooed out we, we, we think it's going to be full of, we can actually not do we've made a conscious decision that we probably won't do cute as pup because one we think it'll be unfair and we almost don't want to encourage that cute pup thing so we'll probably have to change a category yeah 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 um, maybe have you know um best cockapoo <laughs> yeah well, how do you decide that they all kind of looked would agree the same they you know, do, but, they anyway, do. But, but yes you know but yes we'll we'll, we'll 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 discuss that maybe we'll have a chat about what we should what you yeah but coming out there. of the lockdown I mean just touching on that you know for many of these dogs at that September event it'll be one of their first ever big yeah. experiences whereas you know back yeah. back in the day you know and you're you know pre-lockdown um responsible people would have all these opportunities you know to socialize to meet like-minded people and to really benefit from the joy of dog ownership whereas people have been quite isolated and, and maybe yeah. feeling quite alone with their relationship with their dog you know it's just eating another table leg oh no I didn't think it was going to be so difficult but I could I can imagine that it's been quite a lonely experience whereas normally in normal times when you take on a puppy it's a massively expanding time you know so I, yeah. I feel for everyone I think there's so many factors that have gone on here really well we will you know but let's hope let's hope that everything you know gets back to normal soon and we can all start going out even not to a dog show but just been able to get back to our normal lives again you know? yes would it nice. would be nice it would be nice well Ira look thank you for this great chat and hope to see you soon yeah <laughs> we'll have to catch up for one of those walks so Miss Vinks that's our show what did you think Yes, I know you know that you're very lucky to have found your forever home. What's that? Yes, yes, it is time for our Woof of the Week. <coughs> Never underestimate the time and dedication it takes to train a dog. It is hard work, but it's well worth the effort. <coughs> I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and review the show. It really helps other dog lovers find us. Thanks to Ira Moss for joining us today. All the links for All Dogs Matter are in the show notes. Thanks also to Mike Hansen, my producer. You can find out more about Pod People Productions at Pod People UK. For more about me, I'm at Anna Webb Dogs. Or visit my new website, annaweb.co.uk, and have a, a nose around. We'll be back in your feed next Sunday, so why don't you subscribe for free on your favourite podcast app, because we're on all of them, and even catch up with some of our back episodes as well. Bye for now.
Pod people.